Hello, hello, hello. Uh, good day. It's actually good afternoon. Not that that matters because it's a podcast. You'll listen to it whenever it suits. And it is the 4th of August. August already. And this is the, the well, episode 78 of the Late Life Career Change podcast. Welcome. Hope you're all doing well. Title of the episode this week is The Things They Don't Tell You. And I shall tell you about the things I don't tell you when I go through the show. So it's been a bit of a mixed week, really. Interesting. Um, uh, I'm not going to talk about the weather. It's pretty much samey as it was. Bit of rain, bit of sun. They are. I've, it, despite saying I wasn't going to speak about the weather, I've just gone and spoken about the weather. But moving on to the show. First, um, things I don't tell you. So since I've been in the business, per se, uh, you do get... As soon as you put any online presence out there, typically a website, people are just kind of using probably automated means to trawl over and find you so that they can offer their services and try and make their money on the back of what you do. Now, in the headshot world, it's often retouching services, and these aren't scams by any means. They're, they're legitimate businesses, and they might sometimes say, send us a sample image for free, and then if you sign me up, I'll be able to do all your retouching for X amount per image. I don't shoot the volume uh, and I don't have a need to find time for such a thing. So I've never really, you know, taken them up. And I mean, there are hundreds of them. There's, they'll sometimes just start, look look to friend you on LinkedIn and things and Facebook and whatever. But obviously you can tell just when you look at their profiles who they are. Um, probably thoroughly decent people and they're just looking to earn an honest living and there's absolutely no issue with that. But... Uh, I'm not looking for ways to spend money on my business. I'm looking for ways to save money. So I've had a few, I get a few podcasty ones. Um, actually, someone, uh, I don't know who it was. It's often an intermediary, but they wanted to get in touch about having a guest on this show. So I, I don't know about that. My initial reaction is that we're quite a small podcast at the moment. Don't know if it would really have much reach. And if I tell them my stats, they may, may not be that interested anyway. However, uh, I So I often screen my calls on my work number. Uh, if it's a number I don't know or I'm not expecting one from maybe a certain area, e.g. the car is going to come from Warrington. So if I see a Warrington number, then I'm likely to answer it. Um, I know that there are different models out there now where people can spoof almost. So they're, they're, they're calling from perhaps another country, but it will come up as a London number. So you kind of have to be a bit wary. And often I think to myself, well, if they want me, they'll either keep trying and or leave a voicemail and or leave a follow-up email because all my contact details are out there. So I'll often let it go, as it were. And there was one the other day and um, for some reason I decided to answer it and it was from Oswestry, which is, I think, Shropshire way, um, border sort of area. And... Um, Weirdly, there was this pause of about five seconds before I, I could hear any anyone answering. I almost hung up on the call. Um, and then it eventually connected and they said, oh, it often does this. Um, and they were from the Education Hub. I don't think it was Educational Hub. I think it was Education Hub. And the approach sounded quite genuine, I guess, um, that I could go on to a database of photographers and this is nothing to do with the school kids' photos. This is uh, separate. If a, if a school or educational establishment has a need for a photographer, then I could be part of that database, if you like, to be pitched uh, to or picked up or referred to. Now, 
I've done a lot of thinking since this about, well, why would they go to me anyway? Surely they had their own folk. Um, why would just belonging to this be any better than someone finding me on Google? Anyway, not not an area that I thought of wanting to get into, but I thought, well, I'll you know, see what she's got to say. And I was actually getting ready to go out to uh, an assignment, which I'll talk about in a bit. So I said, look, can you please just send me the information through on an email? And I was polite and she was polite and it was all good. Um, and she said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then actually we, did, we didn't really agree about a follow-up, but I just said, look, let me have a read of it. And uh, I'm, I'm out, going out shortly. And uh, if, so this is Monday, if, um, if there's a need for follow-up, obviously I'll do so via the email. And the email came through really quickly. Uh, and I looked on my stats for my website and this is, this is also interesting and a bit telltale for when I'm for what I'm about to tell you uh, so you can see what pages people have viewed when you look at your analytics for your website and they've gone home page and about page and then just got in touch um, I mean weirdly they didn't go to contact but they must have found a way uh, and then phoned me within a minute of that so it was all very quick so I thought well okay Google the educational hub or education hub and uh, whatever one it was. And one of the first responses was from, I mean, there were some official sites, the Education Hub is a fine, I think it actually is a legitimate organisation. Um, oh yes, sorry, prior to that, quick breakout. Uh, they It said on their 300 quid plus VAT, I would have to pay. I'm not sure if that was for one or two years. That wasn't mentioned on the phone call at all, which I think was a bit naughty. So anyway, look them up. Uh, scrolled down a little on the, on the main page on Google and it had Trustpilot reviews and they averaged 2.2 out of 5. I thought, okay. And the words that kept coming through in the titles and the bodies of the reviews were scam, 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 scam. Now, I don't know if it's a true scam as such. I, I think they've possibly been very clever. So you might, as a business, innocently sign up to pay this amount and if they've got telesales there's probably a number of people making these calls and hopefully signing people up and you know the promise of being on a list and being called to do some work even though as I mentioned earlier no quality check had been done at all I mean I could have photographed farmyard animals for all she knew um, or skyscrapers in Mongolia I don't know uh, there probably aren't any but anyway um so, you know, there was no 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 check. It, it was almost like, I'll phone you up, you'll get on our database, you might get some work. And it was all about, you know, the, the schools will negotiate with you direct and you can invoice up to a maximum of 50,000 and you can get half of it up front and blah, blah, blah. And looking through the reviews, it looked like they were targeting other businesses, but also for education. So there might be someone who done plumbing and drain pipes and things. Um, and interestingly, some of the sort of higher reviews were, oh, I got this nice call and uh, I'm now going to be on their database to be called upon for work. But also there's a chance you might never get called upon for work. Um, they may or may not be affiliated, uh, but there were just so, so many one-star reviews and, and two-star, I don't know, you might as well give one if you're saying, saying, it was a, saying it's a scam. Um, it was enough for me to say, right, I'm not going to do anything about that. Uh, I will wait and see if I get a phone call from them. Or I might just wait anyway, leave it a week or two and send the email back to them with an attachment to their Trustpilot link saying, not sure if you knew about this, but thank you, Internet, for helping me with my due diligence for a potential new business partner. But, you know, if they're making all these calls with a promise 
that may or may not come to fruition of getting some work uh, and they're getting £300 for putting a name on a database that some schools will have access to and may or may not and will or will not call you and you may or may not get booked because they might be contacting all the other people that they've already know or who who have also signed up to Education Hub. It's a bit of a mess. It's very speculative. And what I don't want in this world is to is to kind of take a chance. You know, I'm not just spend my money in the hope. I've had a few of that before with marketing. Yale.com were terrible, really quick to try and take your money there with a promise of high SEO ranking and all that sort of stuff. And I, I'm not I'm not up for that. There's a uh, photographer friend Ivan Wee said to me, you know, there's always plenty of people queuing up to take money off you. And um and you've got to be careful, you know, it's about controlling your costs and not entering into things that are far too speculative. You've got no control over. Um, you're better off not actually spending out that money or putting £300 towards a new lens or gear or, you know, £300 could buy you a, a year's subscription for, you know, Capture One, which is the software I use for my editing easily, plus CloudSpot that I've started to use for my galleries. And actually, you could probably afford the subscription model I've got for Epidemic Sound. So I could do all of my editing on top professional software. I could host image galleries, which is a great and very professional way to share my images with customers. And I can get all the music copyright paid for my videos and so on, any project that I basically have, for actually less than the £300 plus VAT that I would have paid to Education Hub. Now, I know where my value is best placed. It's in those three individual things rather than the one kind of speculative. I mean, almost buy 300 lottery tickets and you might stand a better chance. So, um, it's funny, when I was doing the, I, you know, I like to put a little, um, what do you call it, Emo emoji in the title. And I was doing this little search box. For some reason, it doesn't come up on iPad. But anyway, it came up on the phone when I was doing my note. And I actually put in the search time, I put, hmm and there are about four different emojis that you can use for hmm and i picked the one that's on my little uh title so there you go so that was uh that was an interesting monday afternoon uh happening so i'm just going to rewind back a bit uh, sue did her acting job last week went really well so this was broadcast live on vimeo via mount view theater school uh, drama school whatever i call it is probably wrong and I paid a ticket, so they did one of these sort of pay what you can. And it was great. It was um, sort of rehearsed reading on stage with light and sound. And um, Sue did a great job. I'm re really, really impressed with, with her acting. Um, and, it, you know, if there's a way you can see it now. And I think, I think what they do is after a certain period, it will be available. It's called Joanne as part of the Catalyst, not Catabolt, Catalyst Season, uh, Mount View if you want to do some Googling. Uh, I think you might better watch it. And what they do is kind of put an appeal saying you can just text and make a donation to the school that way. So so that was really good. So I'd done some rehearsals last week and then it was on Friday lunchtime, 12 till 1-ish, 2-ish, 1-ish, I can't remember. Um, and then, yeah, so that, that, was, uh, that was one ticked off. It's another credit and she got a little bit of money for it, which is always helpful. Um, Weekend, I got out and played a bit of golf again. So me and my mate, we both felt that our backs were reasonable and um, we decided to give it a go. And what we did was just played kind of short shots, approach shots to the green from about 100, 130 yards out and a bit of putting and chipping and the odd bunker shot. And it was a good workout. We only played 14 holes and that's only almost half holes. 
We played all the par threes as, as was. Uh, but it was the way to do it, you know, gradually ease back. And I think, I'm not sure if we'll have time this week. May do. Um, but just to get out and do a similar thing. And then the weekend, we'll probably go again. May try all 18 on Saturday. It kind of depends, you know, you almost, you need to sort of force to use those muscles again, but you mustn't go too mad. So yeah, golf back on the agenda. I'm really pleased about that. I mean, it's what I should be doing, what we should be doing in the in the summer. And he's pretty much ticking off the days now of finishing his job and going into actual retirement so um, we'll have even more time to play around with on the uh, on the golf course so yeah last minute photography job so Sunday night watching TV Facebook notification comes in and it was um, a mate Trevor who used to know from Wallingham days and he had suggested my name in this post on Wallingham community Facebook page which I'd not paid which I'd not been a member of I've since joined and it was basically, I think someone had been let down and they had a launch of their fitness club on Monday evening at Greenacres in Wallingham. Um, could a photographer help them? So there were loads of replies. People had suggested people and other people had endorsed other people. And I just sent, I, because I was suggested, I thought, well, okay, well, I'll just pop her a message on Messenger. Got in touch, gave up, and not the desk then, clonk. Uh, and I said who I am, what I did. She came back to me saying, oh, thanks for getting in touch because some didn't. Um, what's your prize? Gave her a prize. I mean, this is one hour's work. It wasn't, wasn't a big job. Uh, and she said, yeah, booked, sorted. So I uh, went along there on, so I did a bit of prep my gear and all that, obviously, on Monday. Uh, went along Monday evening, met the people, nice folks, did the shoot, watched people work out very hard. And at the end, they did a kind of group picture with us, some smoke grenades of the colours, their kind of branding colours. Well, good. Uh, got the images over nice and early. I sent them an initial one on Monday evening. Got them over Tuesday, yesterday, lunchtime. Oddly, I haven't heard anything since. Um, I don't know why. I mean, b- people are busy. Uh, she did say she wanted to put some promotional stuff up now because it's a weekly, each Monday in August, weekly um, event or what do you call it? Class, I suppose. Uh, and of course, being a creative you get oh my oh my images weren't good enough but I think they were uh they're my usual quality and if that quality has been good enough for publication on National Geographic Condé Nast Traveller Time Out London where it was their front page image um what else have I had oh it was image of the week for the building trade I've I've had that published as well I kind of think I'm okay um (laughs) And people, only the other day, they downloaded another Shutterstock, no, Alamy image on my stock portfolio. So more uh, cha-ching income coming in there, which is cool. We'll see. We will see what happens. Um, I I think I provided some good work, but hey-ho, as I say, there's that nagging creative thing and it happens to a lot of us where we think, oh no, maybe they hated it. But uh, (laughs) if, if they did, I've got my ducks lined up with what I've just mentioned. But it was good to get that and to do that you never know where these things might lead um it, i say it was local it was it was kind of straightforward work um and i always enjoy doing it i always enjoy doing it so always notice notices how chipper i am when uh, such things happen i need to try and be chipper a bit more i guess but it's a bit like that on the old creative world um i'd had a little on the monday morning a little health scare but well it wasn't it wasn't um i had a bit of a pain below the sort of chest area and it was like a cross um and of course immediately you think chest pains oh my god um went for a lie down got sue involved she helped me he did my temperature and checked me over and all that sort of stuff and i rested and it kind of that initial pain cleared very quickly i, I mean it, it 
I was I was nervous of it being an indigestion type pain because I know that that can often be something bad. Um, and I think it was using muscles on golf the previous day and it was just a twinge after having a night's sleep and then getting up again. Um, and I was actually trying something different with body rotation in my golf swing. Uh, so maybe I was using muscles that I've never used before and probably should have done because I think it actually was starting to work quite nicely in the golf. So... I, I'm saying that it wasn't a proper health scare and that I'll be okay. <laughs> um, didn't have any breathlessness. And actually, when you start digging around on the health app on your iPhone, there's so much that it picks up. Sue and I did a kind of comparison on this a couple of weeks back. So much data in there. Plus, you can also add different things in if you have an event such as that. You know, you can just put it in and then it's kind of on your little local record. Um I did that when I had a really bad migraine type headache the other week. So it's good to, you know, if, you've, if you're an iPhone person or if you've got a health app on, on Android or whatever, have a look at, just see what the capability is. I mean, mine's, you know, this is all linked to your watch, which is obviously doing lots of monitoring all the time, the Apple Watch. So, um, but I was pretty pleased with um, with the offering that, that it had on there. It kind of gave you some good uh, positive vibes about your health situation. So, and then Tuesday morning, went to get my new glasses, which I'm still getting used to. Um, in fact, my prescription is slightly weaker, I think. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I think sometimes you kind of think about looking through new glasses rather than just look at the target. And that might make sense if you wear glasses. Uh, but, you know, I've got very focals. So I've the three zone very focals for day-to-day use with the kind of transitions in there that go dark. And then I have operator glasses for all my computer work, which have... They're like a bifocal with no line in the middle and they have a reading bit at the bottom, larger area, and an intermediate at the top, larger area, obviously, because they'd be smaller on full, very focals. And I've had those, this is now the second lot I've had, and they've been brilliant. In fact, they were able to, um, I'm wearing them now, uh, they were able to use the drawings I had from before to put these lenses in. So that was um, that was cool. So same frames, just new lenses, and that saved me a few bob in old money that was that and uh, yeah finally so my golfing mate again he he's had a situation where because he's leaving work his phone his it was like a work phone that kind of blended or evolved into a personal phone with mixture of contacts and all that sort of stuff and because it was originally sourced on a Vodafone corporate contract he had a battle uh, to be able to keep his number because he, he knew he'd have to buy a new phone leaving the work, leaving the employment. Uh, but he didn't really want to have to get a new number. Anyway, eventually they agreed. They managed to escalate it and uh, someone pressed the right buttons, got a code. So he's now got his new phone, uh, iPhone, and he's kept his number. That's all good. But his contacts are all over the place. Uh, so he's got, well, I mean, I think he's done a bit of manual work, but there's an iCloud contacts and X Outlook contacts that I think is, again, a bit of a mixture through some business type people that he wants to keep in touch with and and others and he needs to get them to iCloud and he's additionally he's got a Windows computer so so if you think of the we're trying to move a contact from Outlook to iOS in the easiest way well it's not one contact it's about 200 so weirdly if you're using well I couldn't find a way and maybe some will know the answer but if you're using Outlook on the browser you don't really get the new the normal file and then something and something and something menus across the top 
So we found Outlook on his computer. We're able to get that set up so that we had those options. And the idea is that you would pick a contact and do file and then it's like share or forward and it creates a little V card. And you can actually then open that on your iPhone, add them into your contacts, and then you can just delete the old one. But we wanted to try and see if we could do that in a bulk way. Unfortunately, if you go to iCloud.com on a PC, it doesn't work. You can't import a VCF file. It says you can import a VCF file, but you can't, or we couldn't. Um, so what a mess. So what, how it was left is that he would just sort of sit down in front of the telly and maybe do a batch at a time, you know, a letter at a time, uh, bring them across from a computer or his laptop, send an email to himself with a contact attached, open that contact on the attachment, load it into the contacts on the iPhone, and then do a cleanup afterwards to delete them from the the Outlook contact list rather than the iCloud contact list. And there's obviously different views you can do by toggling things on and off to find out what's what. But, you know, the, the moral of the story is, well, not moral actually, but it's just, why don't they just make these things easier? It really should be easy enough to say, file and export. And I know, you know, CSV files can be used. And um, we did try and export well, we did. We exported to a CSV file and there was nothing on the iCloud side that could read it. So we were kind of almost back to square one. But um, anyway, so that was an interesting exercise. But what was nice in a way is that, you know, so he's because he's winding down, he had some free time. And I went over there yesterday afternoon, made a cup of tea, sat in the breakfast bar, worked through this stuff. And before, you know, if either or both of us were working, those things would have been yet another thing to do in the evening before you can actually sit down in front of the TV or wait till the weekend. And he just never had time. And, you know, doing what I do now and doing what he's going to be doing going forward means that you've just got that flexibility now. Um, time is such a valuable commodity. Hard, hard to put a price on sometimes. So anyway, um, other thing that I've done is to do some proper planning for my next video, the Sunstead video. And I'm going to record it this afternoon. That's certainly the plan. I don't, I don't know if anything's going to get in the way of that. But looking at the weather forecast, today's about the best day. So I've kind of produced some numbers, some bits around the edge and a timeline. I'm going to go and record the pieces to camera, uh, and then assemble it hopefully afterwards or towards the end of the week. Not not sure on on how long it will take to put together. It may not take that long because I don't really have to. I mean, I will cut and trim a bit of the. Um, the footage that I'm going to take from my own uh, GoPro. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, um, I, I just like doing these sort of projects. So I'll be assembling it all together and, uh, and hopefully we'll have some fun putting that out and getting some responses on YouTube. So, okay, that's it for this week. This is the end of episode, I've forgotten, uh, is it 78? Look at this terrible, yeah, episode 78. Things I Don't Tell You, which I've now told you about. Uh, this was the Late Life Career Change podcast with me, Phil Swallow. I'd like you to have a wonderful week, and I'll speak to you again next week. Bye.